not faith or works, you know, it's faith and works. Yeah. And um, it's really that, you know, kind of book of James, um, you know, approach that we take that we really have to be living out, um, you know, the work that we're doing. And if we're authentically there, authentically loving, authentically addressing these, um, these, the, the, these needs, then, you know, this, this program is there to serve. Welcome to BAM Perspectives, a conversation about different business as mission perspectives to help build and challenge yours. As BAM Canada, we believe in kingdom impact through profitable and sustainable business using a quadruple bottom line approach. Now, let's dive into today's episode. Over to our host, BAM Canada co-founder, Carrie Ann Ballantyne. Welcome to BAM Perspectives, a conversation about different businesses' mission perspectives to help build and challenge yours. I'm your host today, Carrie Ann Valentine, and I have the privilege to bring you a Canadian social entrepreneur and the founder and CEO of East African Power, a renewable energy uh, development company based in Kingali, Rwanda, which is focused on the development, finance, construction, and operations of hydro and solar power projects in sub Saharan Africa. Um, we also, uh, he is the founder of Empowering Villages, and we'll jump into a lot more of his story as we talk today. So this person is Dan Clink. So welcome, Dan. So glad to have you today. Thank you, Carrie Ann. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to have more of your story shared with the community today. Um, and yeah, just hear more about what God's doing through all of it. So uh, do you want to jump in and just tell us a bit about uh, big picture? What is East Africa Power? I see you wearing it on your shirt there, representing. Love it. <laughs> um, yeah, if you want to just share a bit of the story and what the business is. Sounds good. All right. Well, I, I think, um, uh, as you can see, the power, it's in East Africa, right? <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Uh, so, I, I mean, our focus is uh, really uh, delivering uh, electricity um, and uh, our main business is doing the kind of development of these utility scale power plants. It's focused on hydropower and solar power. Um, its birth story was in Rwanda uh, more than 10 years ago. Uh, now uh, we're in about seven different countries and Lord willing to reach about uh, 10 countries over the next uh, couple of years. Um, so our focus is on generating electricity. And of course, in the process of generating that electricity, uh, it's about making a difference along the way. That's about being long-term focused and uh, you know living out our principles as we do our work. Yeah, I love that. And I loved um, when we were chatting a bit earlier as well, the connections you made to energy and poverty. And there's many other pieces in there as well. But that that strong connection and how electricity actually has so much power, pun intended, <laughs> to actually do so much more than just turn the lights on. Um, did you want to maybe elaborate a bit more on that connection for everyone that doesn't have that context? For sure. Well, I think a lot of people see these, uh, you know, poverty alleviation, um, you know, targets, a lot of them established by the United Nations and these SDG goals. And of course, one of these goals is SDG 7, which is universal access to affordable, clean and reliable power. Um, and I think what's wonderful about um, the importance of energy generation, distribution and access uh, in the developing world is that they, we view energy as this kind of golden thread and it weaves itself through uh, the rest of these SDG uh, and development targets that are there because it is so important in uh, the development process towards sustainability. It's one thing of 
you know, providing aid, right, and support where there's food, water, shelter, health, education, and so many different um, targets, um, but really driving that sustainability, um, self-reliance in emerging economies, as that access to power is so important um, in uh, helping, um, you know, emerging markets help themselves. Uh, out of poverty and of course um you know it's you know our focus is in africa um i think it's important you know just kind of demystify what's going on <clears throat> so there's like 600 million africans today um that don't have access to the light bulb so it's like you know and um i mean that's uh an immense number um and where are we getting with regards to addressing you know that 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 issue globally uh, i think we hear a lot you know in kind of christian circles about like the work that's going on for like access to water right i mean if you don't have water yeah you need water before you need electricity but yeah. certainly when we talk about um the importance of like different kind of companies and um those that are focused um there is kind of a lack of uh developers there's a lack of investments that are taking place in this uh, access to electricity issue. And so, you know, how can that gap be filled? They say, oh, there's 200 million that could be, you know, connected with grid extension, 200 million for like solar home systems, 200 million with like, you know, small clusters. And so like the demand there is just absolutely immense. Um, and often we forget that, oh, Africa today is like one point in sub-Saharan Africa, like 1.25 billion people. Um, yeah. and when no small group. Growth, yeah. It's no small group. And like yeah. what's what's unbelievable to say, okay, well, that's the gap that we need to electrify, like 600 million. But actually the population is doubling um, you know, between now and 2050. So we're talking about like two and a half billion Africans um, uh, yeah. globally by 2080 you know, maybe three and a half uh, by the end of the century. I mean, 50% of the world population could be African. Um, and so we talk about the demand for power. Uh, it's so profound and it's so important for, you know, the sustainability of getting out of poverty. And so that's why, you know, the world is looking at this and saying, hey, we need to address, we need to put this as like a high priority of addressing energy poverty and that's what we're super passionate about. It's like we're you know, one of those companies <laughs> that's there amongst many others, uh, but there's certainly a need for more and more support. And it's one thing on the generation side of the of the business of you know making power, but it's also about the distribution um, uh, of that and, and improving access. So there's many different aspects um, you know within within our sector. Our focus uh, tends to be on the generation side for our social enterprise and then on the distribution inside um, more for our nonprofit and our work with empowering villages but that's a long-winded <laughs> way to go oh that's great yeah in the market that we're that we're operating in and you know our, our our passion is really you know it's just kind of well captured by matthew 5 um and our, our motivation it's not about like just bringing light but being the light where we work um and it's not about you know just power, but what that power can do um, for kind of economic um, uh, development. There's so many great puns that are just like served up within this industry. I feel like empowering, being the light off. Oh, so good. <laughs> no, I love the, uh, yeah, power is something that I feel like we don't even take a second thought about in North America. We just expect it. Um, and there's been different things over the last, you know, few years. I think of uh, recently having a power outage from a storm where I live and going, oh, wow, that's actually very important to everything in my life. And to see uh, 
the the opportunity and power that that can bring to communities um, when that is uh, brought to a community. So that's so exciting. I love all of the different pieces of that. Um, I'd love to hear a bit as well. You mentioned briefly about the empower, uh, sorry, the um, the empowering villages. Uh, would you be able to expand a bit about that? As sure. well, it's got the pun in there too. Empowering yeah, for sure. Villages, yes. Wonderful. That's good. Very well. I mean, this this was just kind of organically that you know kind of came about from our discussions and you know really a, a listening process that we went in in the villages we're working in and delivering that first project in you know 2012 10 years ago um it was so impactful because it was you know hey what is this you know multiple bottom line that we're doing here and it was really uh being able to see um so many aspects you know one like you know financial environmental social and spiritual it was just you know kind of we're we're, we're blown away by by the possibilities but you know addressing that energy generation which was so important for the rwandan government um, at that time, that was 60-70% dependent on diesel fuel for their for their national grid. Um, but that's one thing on a national level. On the local level, um, the, the level of poverty was just like so great. And so, you know, what discussions take place as you're developing or building this project? And of course, it's, you know, the highest impact is on jobs. And this is a bit of my kind of development of, of obsession is like, <laughs> what is BAM? BAM's, you know, a sustainable, profitable business that pays its taxes and can employ people um yeah sustainably and treat 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 them well and with love um and so certainly jobs uh is 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 something that um you know we saw in the construction of the plant um but in that first experience is well what happens after the power plant is built and it's generating electricity and then you know typically these power plants have you know you know, maybe five to 10 people kind of maintaining it, um, you know, over the, over the course, but like, wow, we had a thousand, 300 people building it with me, uh, to start with. So it's like, wow, like, okay, it was great. Like massive economic or local you know, impact that was made during the construction, but what is that impact after construction? And I think it was really that the genesis of that first project of you, well, what happens to that power? And I would say that 90 to 95% of every power plant that's been built in East Africa, these lines are like, you know, basically the power is captured at the site and the lines they're built and the lines like fly over the very villages that they're meant to serve. Um, and so there's a lot of energy poverty, even around, you know, these the, these villages where where it's constructed, 90 to 95% of those surrounding uh, those areas, um, you know, where small hydro and and in our solar plants are built, they're sustenance farmers, they're living hand to mouth. And and so um, it was really that kind of listening journey of that first project a decade ago that started up, okay, well, what more can we do, not only in the development, but after the development that it kind of gave birth to the Empowering Villages, you know, program. Um, and so it's like setting up, you know, almost like a listening center <laughs> where, you know, we have a library. Yeah, and then how can you empower locally that it's you know it's managed, uh, that programs are managed, um, and that this kind of birth came out of this you know private public community partnership, and then from that was like these like five E's that 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 came out. It was like energy access, it was environmental sustainability, economic development. It was um uh it was uh, you know education focused and it was like empowerment through play so it's enjoyment so we really um yeah. we forget but, to have fun sometimes and all of the 
<laughs> no, that's diving over all the bottom lines. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it was, you know, it was those kind of like early, you know, building out these projects um, and in, in getting that experience and just listening that, um, you know, our, our, our teams, which are like 98%, you know, African, um, you know, of, of them, you know, coming out with, you know, what are the core needs and what do we want to see with empowering villages? And so... Um, each one of these power plants we built, we have very strict environmental and social guidelines that need to be hit, whether it's like for the World Bank or the IFC, very, very strict. Like, um, And then it's viewed as kind of the golden standard of how you're supposed to address ESG uh, in our in our governance issues with, with how we work. And, and so what has been so fascinating in those is you might have 100 or 200 households in close proximity. Um, and then when you do a 50 to 100 page questionnaire with each household, you really get an in-depth knowledge of that's, that. that's a lot of questions. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and really, you, you, you begin to kind of journey and, and, and have, you know, a deep understanding of, of, of where needs are. Um, and that's what kind of, you know, had, had come out being like, hey, what is Empowering Villages going to be for the future? Um, and, I, and I, again, kind of view this as like a listening exercise, you know, for us is that, you know, it's meant to be here to serve um, and really, you know, what comes out as a, as a, you know, vibrant Christian community center that really functions as this next generation utility of like power, water, data from a sustainability perspective. And it's wonderful to have. Uh, you know, energy access, environmental sustainability, economic development, and these these aspects that create jobs and sustainability. But then, like, what about that other bottom line of you know where we're addressing, um, you know, our mission and our integral mission? And this is where you know our our, our dialogue about this. Yeah, you know, it's not faith or works. Yeah, you know, it's faith and works. Yeah. And um, it's really that you know kind of book of James. Um, you know, approach that we take that we really have to be living out. Um, you know, the work that we're doing, and if we're authentically there, authentically loving, authentically addressing these um these the, the these needs, then you know, this this program is there to serve. So really that's where, you know, EAP is on the generation side and empowering villages is, you know, um more addressing the social, spiritual and environmental concerns in the in the communities we work in. It's really inspiring hearing the whole story. I know I'm sure you're going like, no, I'm just a person doing what God's told me to do. Um, but the the story is really exciting to hear how, yeah, there, there's so many actors even in that, like pulling in the UN Sustainable Development Goals. What is that like to play that out and being able to listen and have that posture in this space? You, you mentioned the faith and work, and I know your passion is in that like job creation space as well. Was the business and like missional aspect, were you exposed to BAM? I know we talked about this yesterday, so it's a leading question, but um, were you exposed to BAM? When were you? Is that something that you've just always seen business as a great tool to do this? Or is that a new realization? Kind of, yeah, tell us a bit about that journey of how you've seen business and what that looks like. I think anybody who's been in BAM is like still in the process, like, you know, <laughs> what's the language used within Yeah, yeah. It was exactly the end, but I think everyone carries a very unique and personal you know story with it mm -hmm. my middle name is eric after eric liddell and chariots of fire i think my father you know <laughs> I put oh, I it. 
kind of put that out that it was, you know, um, you know, brought in me. So like, you know, Eric Linnell was all about the Servant of the Mount and uh, lived a very missional life. Um, and, uh, you know, and his heart calling was in China. And I, you know, I don't know how this happened or or maybe it, my, my father worked very hard at it. But um, uh, I spent three years uh, in, in China doing business as a mission a long time ago. Um, when, you know, there wasn't really kind of the point of what it, you know, what is the BAM movement at that time? I mean, this takes us back 15 years ago, but at, at the time we had an enterprise called Kingsman Capital. And our objective was to like drive in foreign direct investment, um, and to kind of, you know, focus at, uh, addressing, um, you know, the investments of work that we're doing in a holistic manner, uh, and then also just be very supportive of, you know, the growth of the church, uh, during that time. I mean, 10 million new Christians a year at that time, which was yeah, just unbelievable. Wow. So first exposure was definitely at that time of mixing, you know, what was my finance or investment banking background with, um, you know, with missional work, which was a wonderful tie-in, um, you know, with regards to the work that we did in, in, in China. And then of course in, in Rwanda, just, you know, you, you get involved with one of these, you know, larger infrastructure power projects. Um, and then you see, Hey, like what is, you know, sustainable business or, you know, you look at it from an international development perspective. Um, and you know, when it comes to understanding our faith or my personal faith, you know, through this was just seeing that, you know, wonderful alignment, um, in kind of integral ecology. And I think the cries of the earth and the cries of the poor, um, you know, really need to be, you know, looked at one of the same. And I think, you know, restoration of the earth and, and, you know, preparing for, you know, God's coming back. Uh, I think we have an obligation of addressing the needs of the earth and the needs of the poor uh, simultaneously. So it really has been kind of a, a tremendous heart calling. I feel entirely blessed um, from that, you know, first experience and nothing happens for a mistake, right? So I, I was in the right place at the right time. Um, and I'm just very happy that my wife had her calling uh, into Rwanda at the time. And um, yeah, then one thing leads to the next and we just, you know, find out that we can serve the Lord in, you know, running a sustainable business. Um, and then also, you know, externally in the communities we work in, how we can live that out and support the local churches um, in the best way that we can. So it wasn't that you you dreamed of starting a, a power plant as a kid and <laughs> figuring no. out what that was and wrestling, but actually, I love that though. Actually, listening to what the needs are and meeting those, and and now in ten countries, I know we were talking yesterday. Even the opportunities you've had at embassies, meeting presidents, like the, the crazy opportunities that you've had to be able to meet and have influence, even into some amazing spaces in around the world. Honestly. Yeah. I, well, you know, I mean, certainly highlight that, you know, everybody's learning in this journey, right? And of course, every, you know, country is is, is so dynamic and different between Malawi and Rwanda's experience. Um, and also just like how the Lord is working in both of those places. And, um, you know, externally, like our objective is really to partner with like expert faith-based organizations in the community. So really we view ourselves as a a partnership platform. So we're always looking for um, the right partners in the right place and the you know best we can do in empowering the local churches that are there. But then, you know, who are the best partners in the delivery of water? Who are the best uh, partners with delivering, you know, Christian curriculum and business development or business principles? Who but are the, the best, best way to do it? And yeah. I'm saying, I know everything. <laughs> no, exactly. Like, like the people in. Yeah. So it's like, you know, we've been, I, 
you know, we've been blessed with, you know, our, our, our business uh, in, in, from an engineering and development perspective is, is one thing, but, um, you know, living out BAM within the communities that we work in is, you know, we, we, we do that through partnerships. And I think, you know, it, it, it you know, goes to highlight, you know, one of them, which is just so incredible foundations for farming. Um, and, uh, I've just spent time in, in, in Zimbabwe a couple of weeks ago, um, and, uh, you know, to meet up with, um, you know, their leadership and pray with, um, you know, a, a large, the largest Japanese investor into the African continent and to have wow. them, uh, meet the president, uh, with us and then to meet, you know, foundations for farming and pray together, uh, <laughs> is a wonderful way of, you know, addressing, you know, it's one thing of, you know, driving power, but what can that power do? And there's a very symbiotic relationship between uh, food and uh, in, insecurity issues uh, in, in those regions and the need for power and agriculture to to come together. And again, you know, as I mentioned, 90% of the, the those living around our power plants are sustenance farmers. So really the foundations for farming model um, that has been brought in in biblical practices um, I think, you know, those are wonderful partners and it, an example of the types of partners that we, you know, search out and Lord willing can partner with um, uh, as we approach uh, each project and community in a, in a unique way. Yeah, I love that. And I was I'm just thinking one of the questions we ask in these conversations is uh, what in your life has changed since learning about businesses mission or people you've met or thinking? And in this context, it's kind of a different question to ask because you are really living out businesses mentioned before even really having that vernacular movement, that whole space. You're really just doing it um, at first when when you um, was there a point, though, in your story or in your journey where you um met certain people that were in this space or a community um that really kind of opened your eyes to oh my goodness i'm not the only one doing this this is great <laughs> was there any like a an opportunity like that what either when you were in africa or i know that you're connected globally as well um any moments like that for you yeah i think you know it's it's interesting you know having been spent the last decade in rwanda and you see a lot of different you know mission trips or as you tell visitors coming over and you wonder oh like what impact are they going to make are they coming over short for a short period of time um and you know you address the issues of sustainability you know within those within those mission trips i mean yeah. we, we look back and say you know how how is work done you know sustainably um, but it's interesting that, you know, those insight trips things for, for, for myself, if it wasn't for that, I don't think I would have, you know, got out of my obsession with being an investment banker <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I, and it wasn't so much a mentor as it, you know, is a, you know, a child's eyes just, you know, completely lit up, uh, who has a new home in El Salvador. Um, and there's a bond there and you're, you're spending time. Um, in realizing that, wow, we can make a significant difference with, you know, giving back a little bit. What happens if we give back more? So it's, you know, one thing to have those, those personal experiences that you have. And I could go through maybe a hundred different, you know, personal stories of, mm -hmm. of people that have kind of driven a certain level of comfort of, you know, wow, this is, you know, finding that place of comfort with, with Christ and understanding that, Hey, this is my calling. And, and um, and recognizing that within and, and, you know, your own spirit being at peace. Um, I'm really blessed right now, uh, in our kind of fundraising or business as a mission, which even the last year I was not fundraising, um, within the Christian community as I didn't realize how big the BAM movement, uh, you know, has been, but seeing what Henry Gase there and FDI and the Vipperman, uh, um, uh, uh, uh 
with the lion's den event um uh of both in all our little pockets there's so all many wonderful park pockets and ray barrett and in, in team in, in nairobi um and those in europe as to how large this kind of global movement is and i think that's kind of an inspiration when you're seeing those that have been successful in in business as a mission and trying to drive together you know like-minded mission-driven investors and i think a lot of those relationships over the last 12 months uh, have been a wonderful blessing personally um and certainly one in particular has been our lead investor at tom phillips now my chief spiritual advisor um and so that's been a wonderful component of you know driving in this journey uh, in setting about a certain level of kind of accountability as an entrepreneur uh, mm-hmm. in a business so that us and our executive team can kind of explore like uh, it's one thing to be you know doing day-to-day work um, and making impact but you know how are we looking at this from an objective you know standpoint and you know what differences are being made and what more to be what more can we do what best practices can we follow and so really it's this learning opportunity um and i'm you know very blessed to have you know tom in my life right now for for that for that role um but you know beyond tom was was also having you know a uh spiritual integration committee as like you know what is your spiritual integration plan because that was kind of a question last year with now okay well what is our spiritual integration plan you know do we have a spiritual integration plan is it you know ad hoc are we you know reactive on things are we and and i think that is a a journey that we're on i think every entrepreneur is on and you know with, with, with their own businesses um, and I've been just blessed with like two two pastors who are on that. You know, Gregory Tai, who's a wonderful friend of mine. He's been, um, you know, actually the the person who really kickstarted hydropower in private sector development in Rwanda. And that pastor has been oh. personally, you know, very impactful in my own life as an advisor. And you know, Bishop Banda, the head of the Anglican Church, has also been, you know, uh, you know, very impactful, um, yeah, in 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 my life and uh, in 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 that committee. So really, it's this process of learning and surrounding yourself with, you know, you know, people who are, you know, uh, uh, much more experienced uh, at, at this than, than, than certainly than we are. Mm-hmm. That's the best way to do it, right? Get yourself surrounded by the right people. And I know, um, I'm sure I can pull out and extract a challenge there, even from your words to anyone listening in the community of what does that look like to have those people around you? Make sure to do that. What does that look like to ask those people and not just have them in theory but intentionally and invite them to call you on things <laughs> not probably the easiest i'm sure but uh definitely important to be able to do that um so dan i'd love to hear what is kind of top of mind for you right now um in relation to uh, what you're doing in your business uh whether that's uh yeah either in space that you're working in the business or in the like empowering villages space uh, but I know we're talking about what the next couple of years look like. Did you want to share a bit more about that to everybody? Uh, sure. And um, yeah, you know, I think what got it kind of laid on our heart of the last couple of years was, uh, you know, how can we do a little bit more of what we've been doing um, and having you know, a good track record and growth, but maybe do it at a at a scale, much larger scale. And then, you know, through fear and tre- trembling, because <laughs> it's you know, as an entrepreneur, it's very difficult to run it in a North American or a Canadian or European operating base. It's another thing of how do you run a sustainable or, or I see how uh, business in a, in, a, in an emerging market. Um, and I think where where we feel called is to scale. Um, and how can this kind of impact go instead of like ten projects over the last ten years? Lord willing, how can we do one hundred? 
Um, and Lord willing, how could we have, you know, 100 vibrant Christian community centers through the empowering villages model that could kind of grow, um, and, 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 and thrive on. And so again, that's, you know, it, that that's a big challenge. The big hairy audacious goal, Nick. <laughs> so you know, I mean, God. I mean, if it's if it's His will, anything can be done. It can move mountains, and so I think um, you know, really, it's you know, the, the opportunity is certainly there. Um, you know, I, I think from a team perspective, we're so blessed. We have a wonderful, you know, diverse African team that runs this business day in and day out. Um, and um, and. You know, we do have that team and then, okay, where are the resources? And I think God doesn't, you know, call us to worry about the resources. They're there. And it's amazing to see, like, actually just like networking and having conversation over the last year is that there's tremendous resources that are there. Um, and actually very little of the, those resources actually go into business as a mission, um, uh, especially in emerging markets. So yeah. <laughs> resources exist and- um, Well, we were even talking yesterday about how we, even in the band community, need to think bigger, think bigger. What does it look like to scale that business? Like you guys have been through this journey. So again, another challenge pulled out of there for everyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, I think, I, I, yeah, uh, what's what's enjoyable is that you know God has you know laid this vision on our hearts, um, and we're trying to be faithful to to that to that vision, um, and also just finding more faith based partners uh, that can kind of come alongside us as a business, um, and of course we're we're raising capital uh, as a business to be able to fulfill that mission, um, and then you know it's one thing on on, on capital, but it's also um, you know talent, and I think you know what has been really exciting about you know the business we're in is that you know we're, we're trying to find the right you know people and talent globally on you know and engineering uh especially on the engineering side too um you know to come over and participate with um the capacity building because one thing of addressing cost of capital it's the other thing of addressing human capital needs um and so yeah we just pray that um you know we're able to you know be a platform for the right partners in 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 those communities that we are meant to serve and again kind of it coming back to being light um and to, to draw others to christ and you know for us to be able to fill out fulfill you know our the integral mission that we have i love that that's yeah very exciting to see what the future looks like so now that we're cheering you on and praying for you as bam canada as well the whole community here um, one thing I would love to, just one final question we normally ask you, Dan, is what is one encouragement? And I know I've pulled out a few challenges from what you've said, but what would be your one encouragement um, that, that you could share with people in the community today um, for someone listening, learning about BAM, um, that's either working hard in their business, whether it's small or large, just trying to figure out what that looks like and what God has. Um, yeah, what would you encourage them with today? Great question. Um, <laughs> I'll just jump at James 1, 2 and like consider it pure joy whenever you face trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance and perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything, not lacking anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we're supposed to believe that, not doubt. Um, and so I think considering it the purest of joy is when, you know, we go through that humbling experience continually um, and that we learn that, you know, you know, we, we have to go through this. And I think that uh, challenges are meant to be embraced um, as a way of, you know, connecting um, in this purest form with Christ. 
Because I'm sure it's been easy breezy for <laughs> many challenges, continual challenges for sure. And uh, yeah, so I just you know, definitely embrace that verse. And I think that uh, as uh, as an entrepreneur, you you have to remain optimistic. And I think um, and 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 through that journey, um, yeah, you just really have to kind of draw into your relationship uh, with with God and uh, understanding problems for for what they are. They're learning opportunities. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Dan, for coming and sharing more of your story, uh, what God's been doing through you um, with all the impact you've been able to have. Um, and still, I know from our conversations, you're just so humble. Um, so I'll take the opportunity to brag. <laughs> but we're so um, just excited about what you guys are doing and the the plans that God has for East Africa Power and the future, the, the bright future, pun intended again, um, that he has for it. So again, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your story. Wonderful. Thank you, Carrie Ann, and God bless. And it's wonderful to be part of this man movement. Want to learn more about Canadian Businesses Mission? Check out our website at www.businessesmission.ca for free missional resources, our newsletter, and to join our virtual business community, the BAM Canada Network. We're here to gather and help you grow in your redemptive purpose. So why not check out our community? Your first month is on us.